friends, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join in our call to worship. If you are filled with joy and conviction, welcome home. Here we proclaim that the world is beautiful and God is good. If you are exhausted or overwhelmed, welcome home. Here we offer rest to those who are weary and a chance to catch your breath. If you are eager for another day and another chance, welcome home. Here, when we worship, God is among us and everything is possible.
seated. Confident in God's love working through us each day, let us also be transparent with each other about our lives and about our living. Let us offer to God the truth as we pray together. Gracious God, hear our prayer. For the roads we have avoided traveling and the kindly words we have refused to share. For the false gods who have received our worship and the true selves we have starved of love. God, by your grace, forgive us. For the hidden hurts we have held too tightly and the promises which we never kept. For the careless use of our time and money and the pitiful excuses we should never have made. God, by your grace, forgive us. For all we should be and all we can amend, God, by your grace, renew us. For all you have in store for us and all you may demand of us, God, by your grace, prepare us. For the life of the world and the love of its people, God, by your grace, commit us. God accepts you for who you are. God welcomes you just as you are. God meets you where you're at in this moment. God named you, God loves you, and you are made in God's image, and so is the person beside you. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so just as Christ shared words of peace with the people around him, let us do the same. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Please share the peace. Welcome once again to worship on this Lord's Day. We are glad to come together in worship anywhere that two or three are gathered. Jesus says he is with us in that place, and so surely the Lord is among us now. Whether you are a first-time visitor or a long-time member, your presence here today makes us better, and we are so grateful for that. It is our hope that any time you pass through those doors, that whatever you are most in need of, whether that is a word of challenge or a moment of comfort, our hope is that the Spirit of God would help you find that here. If you are seated near the ends of the pews and have access to those maroon pew pads, if you would sign your name and share them with those near you. As you do that, a few announcements to share. Adult education, it takes place before this service starts, but a reminder that that is happening starting next week at 1010 in the parish hall, there will be the beginning of a multi-week conversation about racism using materials put together by our Presbyterian denomination. If you would like more information about that, please be in touch with Beverly Bartlett um, or just join us next Sunday. Uh, Next week, Reverend Rebecca Heilman preaches on Transfiguration Sunday. Not long after that, on the 26th of this month, Beverly Bartlett will lead worship on Ash Wednesday. There are numerous opportunities to join us to receive ashes or uh, be in worship. The insert in your bulletin, this side of it is correct for Ash Wednesday. The rest of it, we tried to move Easter up a month, 
Jesus was not a fan of that plan. He's still going to be resurrected in April. Um, so the dates that say March on this side should say April. We apologize for that. We will have a new and accurate schedule next week. Uh, but this side of the insert on the Lenten series, those dates are all correct. We hope you will join us for a new approach to the Linton series as we consider the idea of wilderness. Uh, we apologize for the error. We just wanted to keep you on your toes. And again, we have not moved Easter. Uh, we will correct our mistake. Finally, keep in mind that the church is closed tomorrow for President's Day, but we will resume our regular hours on Tuesday. The details of our life together are holy indeed. But now we turn ourselves to the holy word of God. The Old Testament lesson today comes from Exodus, chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Let us pray. Open our hearts, almighty God, that we would hear your word as you intend. Open our arms, that filled with more knowledge of you, we would be ready and willing to share it with the world. In your name we pray. Amen. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. This is the word of the Lord.
this time. Good morning, Greta. How are you? Good. Good morning, Evan and Abigail and William. Anyone else? Is Christopher. Good morning. So when was the last time you took a nap? Last night, yeah, when you're sleeping, right? Did you do something relaxing yesterday, like read a book or do a puzzle or watch a movie? Yeah? Did you do some of that? What'd you do? You watched a movie? So did I. What about y'all? Yeah? Well, did you know that God has been known to rest? You play with your toys, that's how you relax? That sounds lovely. Well, God has been known to relax as well and rest and maybe even take a nap. And we see that through the story of um, how this world was created. This is a story in the Bible, the very first story in the Bible, okay? So on the first day, can everyone see? The first day, God made light and dark. The second day, God made clouds and oceans. I, don't, I think I said second. This is third day. The third day, God made sun, moon, and stars. The fourth day, God made the land, the plants, and the trees. The fifth day, God made fish and birds. On the sixth day, God made all of us, humans and animals. And on the seventh day, what does this say? God rested. On the seventh day, we call it the Sabbath. Do you know what Sabbath means? No? Do you know? Sabbath means, yeah, it's a time or a day of rest. So it's where you worship God, you focus on your family, and you rest. So the Jewish community, they celebrate Sabbath on Saturday. We celebrate our Sabbath on Sunday. Christians celebrate their Sabbath on Sundays. So if today is our Sabbath and you are here at church, you are already worshiping God, how do you plan to spend time with your family and rest this afternoon? Yeah, you came to church with your family, right? You didn't do anything else with your family? Like, I'm going out to lunch with a really good friend of mine. Well, do anything else? Maybe watch a movie? Go to the park? What'd you say, Evan? You could go swimming. I don't know if you want to go swimming right now, though. It's pretty cold. <laughs> but you can. That's right. On a Sunday afternoon, you can go swimming with your family. Right. It's really cold. Well, I want you to try that these coming weeks, on Sundays or any day of the week. Rest, worship God, and spend time with your family. Can you pray with me? And can everyone else play, pray after me? Loving God, remind us to worship you. Remind us to rest when we are tired. And remind us to spend time with our family. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you're a second grade and younger, you can go with Pat and Kathy to children's worship. Thank you.
Our New Testament lesson today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 23 through 27. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he, is, when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we conclude our series on sacred ordinary days, and we do so by reflecting on the way we conclude each and every one of our sacred ordinary days. Resting. Rest is one of our most basic and instinctive human needs, and yet, for most of us gathered here today, it remains astonishingly elusive. There is a story in my family that I feel certain is at least partially urban legend, but it is my mother's favorite story to tell. When I was a young child, it was very easy to convince me to take a nap. The problem was, every nap that I took was incredibly short. So my parents told me that even if I woke up, I had to stay in the bed until explicitly given permission to get up. Now, I have absolutely no memory of this, but apparently I handled the situation by staying in the bed and yelling at the top of my lungs, Can I get up yet? My parents would holler back, no. And as the oldest child and a perpetual rule follower, I would reply, okay. And my parents congratulated themselves for being geniuses. My mother, though, remembers the day the system fell apart. After being told to stay in bed a bit longer, I yelled back, will you better not be having fun without me? And I hopped out of bed and out of my room to see what was going on. From that day on, she said, nap time required negotiation. I have to tell you, though, that as an adult, resting still requires negotiation. And I find this to be true not only for myself, but for just about everyone I encounter these days. Think about the last three or four times someone asked you how you are doing. I bet at least one, if not more, times your reply included the words, I'm just so busy, or good but tired, or some variation on that theme. In our time and in our culture, to be busy has become some sort of utterly bizarre status symbol. And scientists have observed that more and more humans, or at least Americans, we actually compete with one another over who is more tired or who has more right to be tired. 
Just like children at some point begin to resist nap time, we resist Sabbath. And the more I think about it, I think this is part of the reason why. Resting or Sabbath, it sounds good in the abstract, but the reality of it, it requires us to confront some uncomfortable truth about ourselves. The Reverend, Tish Warren, the, the Reverend Tish Harrison Warren, a priest at the Church of the Ascension Anglican Parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, she wrote a book titled Liturgy of the Ordinary, and she says it this way. She says, our sleep habits both reveal and shape our love. A decent indicator of what we love is that for which we willingly give up sleep. I love my kids, she says, so I sacrifice sleep for them often. I nurse our baby or comfort our eldest after a nightmare. I love my husband and my close friends, so I stay up late to keep a good conversation going. I rise early to pray or to take a friend to the airport. But, she says, my willingness to sacrifice sleep also reveals my less noble love. I stay up later than I should, drowsy on the couch, surfing the internet, and watching videos of cute animals. Or I stay up trying to squeeze more activity into the day, packing it with as much as possible. My disordered sleep, she says, reveals a disordered love. I have made an idol of entertainment or productivity. My willingness to sacrifice much-needed rest reveals that these very good things, entertainment and work, have taken a place of ascendancy in my life. In the nitty-gritty of my daily routine, repentance for idolatry might look as pedestrian as shutting my email off an hour earlier. The truth is, she continues, my habit surrounding rest reveals and shapes what I love and what I value, whether I care to admit it or not. That last part especially is worth hearing again. My habits surrounding rest, or in other words, my acceptance of or my resistance toward Sabbath reveals and shapes what I love and what I value, whether I care to admit it or not. Rest also forces us to confront our limits. Because no matter how hard we try and no matter how valiantly we fight, eventually we surrender to sleep. And sleep is a reminder that we are all finite. God is the only exception to this. The psalmist reminds us, The Lord will not let your feet be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God is the only exception. It was a handful of years ago now, a Sprint commercial proclaimed defiantly, I want, no, I have the right to be unlimited. And that is the message the world instills in us, that there are no limits, that nothing should stop us, slow us down, 
or contain our freedom. According to the National Health Interview, nearly 30% of adults average less than six hours of sleep per night, which is significantly under the recommended seven to eight hours. 30% of high school students report getting less than eight hours, though research tells us that teenagers need 10. And in one study, more than 7% of people between the age of 25 and 35 admitted to actually nodding off while driving, and that was just in the past month. All of this and more has led for the Center for Disease Control to declare insufficient sleep to be among our gravest public health problems. Now, resisting our limits is not new to us. From the very beginning, we have pushed against boundaries. Adam and Eve, about five minutes after life is breathed into them, they sin and they do it because, Scripture tells us, they wanted to be like God. Invincible and all-sufficient, autonomous and limitless. Sabbath requires us to surrender all notion of that. And it is important enough that God doesn't merely suggest it, God commands it. Sabbath is the fourth commandment in a series of ten, as Kathy just read for us. I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods besides me. You shall worship no idols, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain, Honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Sabbath is essential to how we understand God, and it is part and parcel of how we relate to God. And those commandments that follow, the fifth through the tenth, they are all about how we relate to one another. Honor your mother and father. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. The commandments are a unit, more than they are individual pieces. And I wonder if Sabbath might not be the linchpin in the whole equation because it requires us to understand ourselves rightly in relation to God, but it also affects how we relate to one another. (coughs) Have you ever snapped at someone, not because they deserved it, but because you were tired or weary, and you couldn't help yourself, and it happened before you even realized? I know that I have. I think that's one of many reasons Jesus says Sabbath was made for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. Now he says this right after he tells the Pharisees a story about David. But here's the thing about this story. He gets nearly every detail wrong. Jesus is referencing a story that we have already read. It's in 1 Samuel, but if you look it up and compare the two side by side, the details are a mess. For one thing, Jesus says that Abiathar was the high priest at the time, but it was really Abimelech. 
And I could tell by the looks on your faces as soon as I read it that that was just driving you crazy to hear that error. There are plenty of inconsistencies. Now, most scholars, they blame the mistake on the scribes, the ones who copied scripture over and over again by hand. After all, a few errors were bound to creep in. And that well may be the case, but I wonder if Jesus gets some of the details wrong on purpose to draw our attention to yet another inconsistency. Jesus makes a point of saying that David gives his companions the forbidden bread because they are hungry. First Samuel simply mentions that David broke the rules. It offers no explanation for why. Jesus is the one who says the rules were broken because people were in need. I think Jesus wants us to realize that in any story, human need will always be the detail that matters most. That God is always always concerned about the deepest hungers of humanity. And I think that we are all hungry for real rest. But like any kind of hunger, the hungrier we grow, the less we ourselves can actually notice it. Sabbath was made for humankind, Jesus says, because God has a habit of knowing what we need far before we do. That's why rest is actually physically built into our lives. It comes, bidden or not, just like clockwork, actual and literal clockwork, as the sun rises and sets each day. Joy comes in the morning, the psalmist says, And I suspect it is in no small part because it follows our surrender to sleep. Barbara Brown Taylor, a preacher from Georgia, she tells the story of a friend of hers in rural North Carolina. Her friend was lost and was pulled over by the police. I'm sorry, officer, she said, but I have been lost for more than 40 minutes and I cannot find my hotel anywhere. And the officer looked at her and said, well, ma'am, I'm terribly sorry about that. But what made you think that hurrying would help you find your way? The truth is, hurrying rarely helps us find our way. Rest does, because it reminds us who we are, and even more importantly, who God is. But a necessary and cautious word about all of this. Sabbath was made for humankind, Jesus says, not humankind for the Sabbath. And it follows that story of his disciples picking heads of grain at an inappropriate time. When we receive the gift that is Sabbath rest, It can free us and transform us. But not if we become like the particular Pharisees in the story who take issue with the timing of the disciples' action. 
because our lives, they all look different. And Sabbath can look different, too. A church musician is unlikely to find Sunday to be their deepest experience of Sabbath. And a server in a restaurant likely won't find it on Saturday. The rhythms of our lives require us to set time aside. And it doesn't matter when that Sabbath is, what matters is that it happens. That we follow the commandment of the Lord our God, who knew that we would need rest, and who knew how much we would resist it. So if nothing else today, remember this. Allowing yourself to rest is to declare that God is the ruler of your life and not anything else. In 1987, the Anglican Church in New Zealand concluded a project that took over 20 years. They were crafting a new prayer book. The Reverend John Williamson was secretary of the commission assigned to this task, and he was asked to lead the group's final time of prayer together before they sent the book off for its final approval. He wrote a prayer for the occasion, prayed it, and at the meeting's conclusion, slipped it into the waste paper basket. But one member in attendance was so taken by the prayer that after John left the room, he retrieved it from the trash and suggested to the others that it be included in the final edition. They agreed, and since the book's publication, that prayer has been its most famous piece. That day, to conclude decades of careful work, the Reverend Williamson prayed the following. Lord, it is night. The night is for stillness. Let us be still in the presence of God. It is night after a long day. What has been done has been done, and what has not been done has not been done. Let it be. The night is dark. Let our fears of the darkness of the world and of our own lives rest in you. The night is quiet. Let the quietness of your peace enfold us and all dear to us and all who have no peace. The night heralds the dawn. Let us look expectantly to a new day, new joys and new possibilities. It is in your name we pray. Amen.
invited to remain standing as you are able and join me in our affirmation of faith as printed in your bulletin. And so we say together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. God of glory, we praise you for your presence in our lives and for all of the goodness you shower upon us in Jesus Christ. Especially, we thank you for the communion of the Holy Spirit, time to savor the goodness of creation, the enjoyment of family and friends, the pleasure and wonder of living, opportunities for faithful service, and everything beautiful that moves us and delights us. Help us, O God, to be people who find gratitude in every moment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace, through Jesus Christ, we are one with all your children, and we offer our prayers for all whom you love. Especially, we pray for your children throughout the world, refugees and homeless individuals and families, victims of violence or warfare, those who pass by their neighbors in need, those who share what they have, those who offer a prophetic witness, and we pray your particular blessing on those we too often forget. Teach us, O God, to love like you love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of every day and all days, the details of our lives are in your hands, including the details of our life together. We pray for those among us who are grieving, including the family and friends of Beth Connor and Christopher Willis. We pray for those among us who are hospitalized and in need of healing, including Lily Gross, Ekaterina Kleiman, Margaret Davies, Mary Fabachevska, Lucy Weinberger, Milagro Guardiola, Louis Rodriguez, and the mother of Megan Lager. We pray for all those who are homebound, including Marjorie Norris, Gordon Robbins, Betty Dewing Brabeck, and Werner Gross. For all those most in need of your gentle and compassionate touch, O God, hold them carefully and close. Let them never doubt your presence and enable us to reach out when we are able, for we are now your hands and feet in this world. Help us live into that responsibility with endurance and strength, with courage and conviction. May we all together practice resurrection every day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, support us all the day long, until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes, and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over, and our work is done. 
Then in your mercy grant us safe lodging and a holy rest and peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, all that we have and all that we are comes from God. So let us now give back to God, giving of ourselves to Jesus Christ and his church in the world.
heard in scripture Jesus tell the crowds and the Pharisees and his disciples a story about David and how he fed people in their time of need. And this table is where Jesus extends that offer now to you. Whatever your deepest need and longing, this is a place where you can be fed. So come to this table, each and every one of you. It is the Lord's table, which means it will not be the same without you. So taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Loving God, you crafted the beauty of darkness and the brightness of light. You released the waters and layered the dirt. You secured the dome of the sky and the dome of the earth. You did all these things just as you made us in your image. And then you rested. We give thanks for that. Our hearts are full of thanksgiving for the presence you have in our lives as you were with those who walked before us such as Abraham when he traveled the long journey to the promised land, Hagar when she feared for the life of her son, Moses when he spoke brave words to free the captives, and Ruth who worked to support her friend Naomi. And so we join our voices rejoicing in the song of the angels and saints who forever sing to the glory of your holy name. Jesus walked among, among your creation to preach and teeth, to be a living example of who you are and what you want. And if that is not enough, Jesus chose to die as an act of love and was resurrected as an act of hope. And so with love and grace imprinted on our hearts by you, O oh God, let your spirit come. May it pour out upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. With this prayer, we are ready to be fed, and we are thankful that the table is set. We come hungry for the bread and thirsty for the cup. So we willingly pray the way Christ taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup, and as he poured it out, he said, This cup, this is the cup of the new covenant. It is sealed in my blood and shed for the forgiveness of sin. And he said, Every time you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul reminds us that every time, each and every time, we share this bread and this cup, we proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, until he comes again. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep the feast.
Gracious God, we give you thanks for the gifts of this table and for those with whom we share them. May they strengthen us and sustain us in the days ahead until we meet again. In your name we pray. Amen. So may joy and nothing less follow you all the days of your life. May you be blessed and may you be a blessing. And may you rest well today, secure in the knowledge that the Lord of light, 
who has brought you this far already, will lead you and countless others all the way home. Amen. Thank you.